At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 210. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy? I told you before we got on that today was a day of change. It was my wife's birthday, so happy birthday, love. Happy birthday, um, yes. But it was also her first day of work. Oh, oh. talk about Like, she's a teacher, right? So, like, she spent the summer off. First day of work is your birthday. Bull, bummer. Um, but it also meant that it was my first day back along with the kids a lot of change happening today all at once. It was uh, not an unpleasant day. It was, you know, birthdays are good days, but it was a tough day in the Anderson household today. What about you, buddy? Um, just a boring work day. Um, it was staff development day, so it was just a long day of meetings, which I, I love my coworkers, but it just it's painful to sit through some of those meetings sometimes. Yeah, you sit there going like, this could have been an email. This could have been an email and not an hour. Because when you get into those meetings, you've always got the one or two. And I am I was guilty of that, too, a few times, like dragging it on because, you know, they don't want to go back to their desk. They're like, oh, well, what about this rare occurrence thing that'll never happen? But I need to know the answer today. And then they like the presenter's going to be there like, I don't I don't know. And it spreads it out another 15, 20 minutes. Oh, did that happen? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Dur- <laughs> during one of them. Because there's, there's like three sep- three or four different meetings throughout the day. And in one of them, it was like a, um, it was like dealing with, I don't know if dealing with is the right word, but having someone with like disabilities in your, in a classroom kind of a thing. And people were asking like very specific questions, like, what should I do in this instance? And I'm like, I don't know if this is the appropriate forum to be asking that question. Oh yeah, that's you know that like is some dicey situations. I'm sure. Like I don't know, you could pro- maybe go up to them after and be like, "Hey, I have a student who presents X. What do I do?" I don't think you need to mention it in front of a whole auditorium of people. Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't sound great, but uh, glad those are done. Yes. Uh, hopefully, those people got the appropriate answers to help them and help the students as well. Of course. Um, but yeah, definitely, that sounds like it could be a slog of a day. Absolutely. So before we get started, we have uh, a friend to talk about. No, Mitch? Friends over at Manscaped. Attention listeners from across the galaxy. All the way from, uh, they say Australia to Houston, but how about we do Reykjavik to Antarctica, to north, south, and everything in between. I like it. Uh, Do we have a pube problem? We could. Maybe. I don't know. What do you got going on over there? Maybe. Absolutely. Could very well be. If so, if you do, and maybe even if you don't, perhaps you want to get ahead of this, the, the, the pube problem mm-hmm. and stay ahead of the pube problem. Our friends at Manscaped, and I consider them friends, it might not be reciprocal, but it's at least a one-way friendship. Our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth four generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the garbage with the performance package 4.0 the orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity gets me every time when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in people grooming join the two million people worldwide who trust manscaped and get your rocket or not rocket 
um, for ta- ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com <laughs> for 20% strip. off and free shipping you using code FANSIDED20. So that's FANSIDED20 at checkout when you go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Beautiful. Love it as always, Mitch. Tremendous job. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, Mitch. You, I mean, you are an Islanders writer, as am I, and we write about this team on a daily basis, but there hasn't been a lot to talk about. Um, I don't know if you picked up on that, but Not we're going to try to have some fun and get creative. And then we're going to talk about a, a rumor that I saw today that just really bugged me because I don't get it. Uh, but the first one is we're going to do a little redrafting situation because in 2010, 11, 12, and 14, the Islanders had a top five pick in each one of those draft classes and pretty much whiffed on all of them. So let's do a redraft of those. So the idea here is that that period of time in Islanders history was supposed to be um, right the tear down and rebuild. That was the rebuild portion of it where we're going to bring in this talented core of youngsters that we're going to pick in the top five. And even if you go back 2008, right, they take Josh Bailey ninth overall. They hadn't even earlier picked than that. They drafted back or traded back twice that draft. And then include 2009 with the first overall. That's the core. That, that should have been a killer core, right? You're talking about five top 10 picks that they had at their disposal. And not really, what is it? Uh, Calvin DeHaan was 12. So like almost six top 10 picks at their disposal. And they whiffed on most of them. So let's go back and redraft some of those players and see what we could end up with. So in 2010, the Islanders had the fifth pick and selected Nino Niederreiter. And we know what he's turned into in his career. He's a, okay, middle six NHL player, right? Probably fair. Second line player. Oh, absolutely. Four, what is it? Not 400. 324 NHL points in 657 games. So if you just do by points, he's, uh, well, they don't have the numbers here, but he's about mid-range in the of the first round. So he's like, 15 down i don't want to count them live because that's boring to hear but you you get the drift like he's not a bad pick necessarily no uh it it just could have been better and you would think that for a top five pick you're probably hoping for a higher ceiling than what nino niederreiter a is in his career and then b what he was for the new york islanders that's just it and the problem with this draft is it's not again the thing with Nino wasn't just that Nino was a bad player because he's not. It's kind of like the Islanders, you know, didn't really do well in in grooming him into being the player that he could have been. Um, but you look at this draft, and while they draft fifth overall, you're going, okay, well, who do they take afterwards? Without, like, going all the way back. Like, I don't like going more than five picks back because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, right? Like, the Islanders aren't going to go and take... I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the whole draft necessarily. Tarasenko? They're not going to take, yeah, Tyler Toffoli at 47 overall. Or there's, I'm, I'm sure, someone even later than that who's put up a bunch. Yeah, John Klinberg at 131st overall. Or, or Brandon Gallagher, you know, 147. These are really late picks. They're not going to do that. But who's around him that they could have maybe taken instead? That would have been better. Okay. Um, Jeff Skinner before falling off the face of the earth. Yeah, that's that's the one I keep looking at. I understand that Jeff Skinner now is not doing very well. Um, but leading up to that, you're talking about Anders Lee level of goal scoring, right? Yeah, you had how many? You had let's see, thirty goal season. You had one, two, three, four seasons of thirty plus goals. From 2010 to 2018-19. Right. Comes in the league, has a 63-point rookie season, one of those 30-goal seasons you mentioned. You know, two other 60-point years from that. He missed quite a bit of time, uh, concussions. But still, that that's probably the pick that I, that I would have looked at because, my God, he had a good time. Uh, he had a good time before going to Buffalo, or at least year two of his Buffalo career. Yeah, exactly. Um but yeah, if you're not if you're gonna go somewhere in the vicinity, that makes sense. Tarasenko at 16 and Kuznetsov at 26 are probably not applicable in this study. But if you were to do it like in that five pick range, then 
I think Skinner's the the one. I'm not taking McElrath or Granlund. I think Skinner is probably the one that makes the most sense. Absolutely, Granlund. You know, I you know, I'd spend some time on, but like outside of that, there's really not a whole lot. Alexander Burmistrov, tons of talent, never worked out at the NHL level. But you're, you're right, Jeff Skinner's probably the one, and I'm sure someone is screaming Michael Granlund. But you know, that's fine. Let's take Granlund one B type thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so then shall we move to 2011 and try to figure that one out? Is that let's was do that. Ryan Strom fifth overall. Uh, uh you want to go? Okay. Man, there's a lot that you could have done instead. Shif- yeah, right? <laughs> Shifley was taken seventh. Couturier was taken eighth. Dougie Hamilton, nine. So in those five picks, immediately after Ryan Strom, in order, Mika Zibanejad, Mark Shifley, Sean Couturier, Dougie Hamilton, Jonas Brodin. All of them good players. Some of them elite, right? Shifley, Hamilton, definitely elite. Mika Zibanejad becoming elite. Um, there's a lot of quality there. Uh, take your pick, really. I'd probably go Mark Shifley, but agree. You have. I don't think there's a wrong answer outside of maybe Sean Couturier, Jonas Brodin, and even then, that's not a terrible answer. No, I think it's between Shifley and Hamilton. I probably lean Shifley. Um, good man, what a one-two punch down the middle that could have been. Right, you got Tavares down the middle, and then you got Shifley next behind him. Uh, we just picked up a, a decent score in Jeff Skinner after that. Like, you're you're dealing with again the core that we're starting to build here is pretty solid. It's really good. Yeah, no, without a doubt. So that that's two. 2012, big time with uh, Griffin Reinhardt four. You had, I don't know who do you who do you take Morgan Riley right after that? I guess. At same situations we had before, where you're going, take your pick, right? Riley, Lindholm, Dumba, maybe not Pouliot, Jacob Truba, Slater, Cuckoo. So maybe you know you pass in the Derek Pouliot and the Slater Cuckoo, but you've got Riley, Lindholm, and Dumba immediately afterwards, and then Jacob Truba a little bit later. Come on here. Yeah, I'm probably going Morgan Riley. Yeah, I, I think I would as well. I'd probably go Morgan Riley here uh, as well. And, like, I don't like quoting them, but, like, when um, the, the former GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, why can't I think, Brian Burke, spoke on, on spinning chiclets, he said that he'd take Morgan Riley number one that draft. He was ready to take him number one. Of course, they weren't going to, but he was surprised that he, Morgan Riley, was available fifth overall. Yeah. I mean, well, now Yakupov clearly didn't work out. Uh, most, most of these guys in the top four, actually. Right, most of them didn't work out at all. And remember, Garcino was willing to trade all of his draft picks, or at least it was rumored he was willing to trade all of his draft picks that year to be able to draft Ryan Murray because he wanted D bad. Yikes! Yikes! Could you imagine? That would have been catastrophic. Not that Ryan, like he's an okay NHL defenseman, but trading an entire draft class for like I don't know, good Thomas Hickey, like five years ago, like that would have been awful. Yeah, no, that would have been bad. That was some NHL 22 type of move, right? Where you're going like, all of it for the second overall. Yeah. When we did the the Patreon NHL 21, we did that multiple times. Just all of the picks. I don't even care. Give me the second overall. Uh, Garceau tried to do that. Didn't work. He still ended up with Adam Pellick, so he didn't really miss much. But you're right. When it comes to this draft, Morgan Riley, easy. That's easy answer. Yeah, well, not without a doubt. Uh, 2013 did not have a top pick, but ended up with Ryan Pollock, which, uh, good. Take that clearly. Yeah. It turns out. And that's the thing you're drafting 15th overall. You're in the middle of the pack. You know, you, maybe you can go and find better players than Ryan Pollock, I guess. Um, but I, I would, I haven't looked, but we're, we're not going to waste our time doing that because Ryan Pollock has become elite. So who cares? Right. We got elite defenseman done. Now, 2014, another top five pick, another top five whiff. Uh, Michael Del Cole. After that, do you go? I guess really your two options are Nylander, who went eight, or Ehlers, who went nine. Yeah, that that's the where you're kind of going. It you know, do you want right side or left side? Because we we just picked up Jeff Skinner, who's a lefty, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 
So I'd probably go William Nylander. But if I'm just taking best available player, which is, you know, the strategy you want when it comes to the draft, I would probably go Nick Ehlers. I think Ehlers' ceiling is higher than Nylander, which isn't not it's not a slight on William Nylander, who's a great 60, maybe even 70 point player at the NHL level. Nick Ehlers is just a step above. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, I, I don't think there's a wrong answer. Like it's not a massive it's not a massive step, but I would put Ehlers a little bit in front of Nylander. Um, so wow, I mean, imagine if you hit what about, uh, that that's asking a lot to hit on all of them. But let's just say three of the four. Like you have one miss in the top five instead of over four. Even just one, right? Just picking one. They whiffed on a bunch. Now, to be fair, someone is probably yelling, they traded Griffin Reinhardt for Matt Barzell and Anthony Beauvillier. Yes, that's true. And if that, you know, you don't, we don't take Griffin Reinhardt, then we probably don't have Matthew Barzell and Anthony Beauvillier. Maybe we do. I don't, I don't know what happens after that. But like, we certainly have a more competitive team with John Tavares. If we're just going as of 2009, yeah. John Tavares, Jeff Skinner in his prime. Uh, then you have who did we take after that? I already forget. Uh, well, you have a Poso from before that too, who you have to include in the mix right. with Bailey. Um, then you, you had let's see, we ha- we decided on Ehlers, Mark Shifley, um, right? Like Morgan Ehlers, Riley. Mark Shifley, uh, Morgan Riley, and then you've uh, what year? Why am I sorry? Which year are we trying to remember now? I forget. I'm all over the place. Riley. <laughs> 11 was Shifley, 2010 was Skinner. Right. Now, put that core on the ice compared to the core that we had, assuming they obviously developed the way that they would eventually develop for their respective teams, and the Islanders are a much more competitive team in that period than they were, without a doubt. It's it's unquestionable, right? Like, that was such a waste of a rebuild on talent that just never panned out and i know some people might say like well they didn't um develop them either and you're going yeah fair enough that's definitely the case with nino nino rider but not with the other ones yeah it's uh it's almost impressive to miss that many times in the top five like misses in the draft happen like even to the like excellent gms like you just miss but for it to happen that frequently and in that small of a sample like realistically, you're looking at uh what, five year draft window? Yep. And you had four picks in the top five and essentially whiffed on all of them? Like how's that possible? He should have been fired then for that. <laughs> right? Like Nino again wasn't necessarily missed, turned into be an okay NHLer. Same thing with Ryan Strom, to be fair, but they didn't do well. They didn't develop Ryan Strom well at all, and they certainly didn't do that with Nino Nino Ryder either. So that, that's a failure of half of them, right? Two of them, you missed horribly. And two of them, you didn't develop them even to what their potential was. And even then, that potential wasn't what it could have been with right. other players that were available. Correct. And even le- like even Nino and Ryan Strom at their best, like would you say, like, oh, that's a good return for fifth overall? No. no I would. Am I allowed to look at everything else or is it just in a vacuum? Right? Do I can I only look at them and not like oh? But right after him was this player. No, no, no. Ah. Like let's say like you are dropped off from another planet, and you see you just all you see is his stats and be like, okay, this guy was a fifth overall pick in his draft class. It doesn't matter who was after him, who was before him. Probably not. Right, three hundred and three no. points in five hundred and forty-seven games. A lot of those coming this year, right? Because he put up a pretty solid year, right? Our last two years with the Rangers with 59 and 49 points in some 126 games. That's a pretty damn good return and not the same Ryan Stromer used to who had 33, 5, right? Like yeah. he's got 35 points in two years prior to that. <laughs> what? Or in the one year prior to that. Yeah, well, that's not the same thing. No, he had that 50-point season with the Islander in his rookie year and then was like hovering around the 30-point player for most of his career, went to the Rangers, and then just point skyrocketed. And stopped in the in the Euler organization, right? Remember the hat? He was supposed to play wing with Connor McDavid. That didn't last long. 
still was a 34-point player there. Right. And then, yeah, went went to the Rangers after two points in 18 games with the Oilers in 18-19 before, you know, Artemi Panarin essentially saved him. Pretty much. So, yeah, you're right, man. Like, I wouldn't say that, you know, Ryan Strom is certainly not a bust, but he's not top five talent. No, I don't. No, I don't think so. So... It's what could have been, right? When you think about that draft period, you go like, God damn, even if you consider, you know, you don't redraft, like you said, Okposo, Bailey, and obviously Tavares, my God, that core could have been something. Absolutely. Oh, boy. What could have been? This is what we do in this time of year, Mitch. We're waiting for hockey to come back. Lamarillo refuses to send any moves into NHL, the NHL offices, so this is what we do. Yeah, th- this is on loop. It's on you, buddy. Take the words <laughs> out of your mouth and get something in the fax machine. Oh, boy. Shall we talk about this next rumor a little bit, Mitch? This really rubbed me the wrong way. I did not like it. Yeah, tell me what it is. Okay. So this was originally posted by the Daily Goalhorn. And at first they talk about the Sabres needing to lower their asking price on, um, I almost said Jeff Skinner, on Jack Eichel. Um, And then they have a little segment on Anthony Beauvillier. And it it just shows you how out of touch they are from the Islanders cap situation because the first sentence is the Islanders have $11 million in cap space with only 19 players under contract. While there's rumored that Tzizekas, Palmieri, Parise, and Zajac have deals yet to be announced. And then there's Anthony Beauvillier. What about the other $6 million from Johnny Boychuk? Yeah. Like (laughs) there's still quite a bit of money left over type of thing. That's, that's the first that's the first part that I'm like okay something's off here. But then it says the Ottawa Senators have been linked and may be willing to make a deal if Lamarillo is in a cap bind and Bovillier is a casualty because of it. What? The Senators? The, 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 the what are you getting if you're trading Anthony Bovillier? What are the Senators giving you? They're not giving up Thomas Shabbat. <laughs> yeah. Um so that the combination of, of rumors, well, maybe not rumors, but the rumor here is that the Ottawa Senators are looking to add a forward or veteran center, which Bovillia is technically both, right? He is technically a veteran, although not very old at 23 uh, or, or 24 now, is he? Either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's technically also a center. He's definitely a forward. But the idea here is that the Islanders would pull a, like, Devon Tays-type situation and you're going, no, no, that's not going to happen. They, they've made that move, and it was Nick Letty. Yes. Yes, exactly. I don't I don't understand. And so, like, when you get to the cap, sure, they have $11 million, but it's 11.9. That's a big move, right? Like, you're basically at 12. You're $80,000 away from $12 million. Right, and then Johnny Boychuk on a LTIR. Right. And then also all the, the three players that they're certainly going to waive, assuming none of them are traded. And, and by waive, I mean like send down. down to the minors. That's another $3 million. Yeah. So then that's really like, what, 21, 22? Basically, yeah. right? We're getting to 21, 20. I think it's 20 percently. Either way, we're not a math podcast. Still, it's you essentially think- double of what he is saying that there is. <laughs> And, like, when you consider those deals, all right, let's look. We have 11.9 to play with, not counting Johnny Boychuk. And so Sezikis is rumored to be 2.5, right? Yes, 2.5 over six years. Palmieri's, what, four, four and a half, maybe? Yeah, I would say, like, four and a half probably seems fair. Okay, yeah, let's go to the high side. Um, Parise is, what, one and a half, that's, Max that's absolute. I don't think it's that high. I think it's going to be a vet minimum contract with bonuses, but I don't know. Want to call it one? Yeah, I, th- I think you're right with the bonuses thing. Like, let's pay this guy next year and impact our cap later instead of now, right? So, yeah, let's just to round up or just to be on, on the extra cautious side, one and a half. Sure, that's fine. Okay, who else did they say? So they said Palmieri, Sezikis, Zajac. That's going to be one, right? Let's say one. Yeah, that's probably also being cautious. Right. So one. Who else? That's it, right? That's yeah. Then well, uh, Sorokin, you need to. Right. So three million. We're already at this point. We haven't touched RFA's two point four million (laughs) dollars. 
and we haven't moved any of those guys down and we haven't added Johnny Boychuk. And and look, I understand that Bo isn't going to be a league minimum and nor will Sorokin, but you're probably factoring some sort of $7 million between the two of them, right? Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. So that means we need to make up $4.6 million worth of space. Okay, well, we're going to move the guys down. Panic, probably Komarov. Um, Hickey's already down. So let's just even say two. Um, wait, 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 wait. I do this math backwards here. We need to have an extra $2.6 million of cap space to fit that all in. I and think... we were very generous with uh, Parise and Zajac. Very generous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when you when you put it that way, I, I think it just shows, again, it, it's a lot of times it's just out of touch on what the Islanders cap situation actually is. That you, It's very surface level what they're trying to do, but it's not. Sorry, go ahead. There's one problem, though. Okay. We don't have a left-handed defenseman. Okay. But, of course, we still have Johnny Boychuk, right? Again, we need to make up $2.6 million, right? Plus six. We actually have three and a half, roughly, million dollars to play with. And, again, we were very generous with Zach Parise and Travis Zajac. You cut Parise in, like, half, right? Because, let's say, it's a league yeah. minimum. You're adding another $0.75 million. We're now up to four and a quarter. That you can fit a second pair defenseman for four million, right? So, like, it's possible. It's very possible. But you're right. Like, there, th- that's a big thing to be like. <laughs> don't, don't worry about the guy whose eye can't. Or I shouldn't say it that way. Um, who can't play hockey anymore because he caught a skate to his eye, and it's a six million dollar cap hit. Let's not think about that. No worries. It's fine. We don't need to consider that. No, that's a huge moving part to the Islanders' cap equation. Yes, it, it is. And they just is like, you know what? We're not going to talk about that, look at that, touch it, anything like that. We're just going to go off these vague numbers without much context. And I and I know because I've done this before in terms of when it comes to writing, you don't want to sit there and type out 2,000 words on every iteration, but at least a line to be like, and I know in that article, because I, I read it saying, well, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, okay, fair enough. Nor, or nor do I. But at least a line in saying, like, you also have to consider Johnny Boychuk is, on L- is likely going to be on LTIR next year, and that's $6 million that they can play with. Yeah, that's true. So uh, it's just, I, I don't see Anthony Bovillia going anywhere no. unless they're trading and getting an upgrade. Right, that's the thing. You're, they're not looking to get rid of pieces in their top six. They're just not. No, absolutely not. If anything, they're trying to sell off some of their depth and maybe bring an upgrade somewhere else, right? Like, we'll sell off some depth and maybe some prospects, and maybe not prospects, but, but maybe, and some draft picks to bring in better quality. But it's not going to be like, hey, let's trade Bo so we can bring in, like you mentioned, I don't know, Nick Holden. Oh, Ugh. No, thank you. Right, because the whole connection here is that the uh, Senators have too many left-handed defensemen, right? There's five under contract right now on the roster. And you're going, okay, well, that fit. you got a need there for the Islanders and a surplus from the Senators. Great, that works. But then when you look at the players, like you mentioned, they're not trading Thomas Shabbat. I'm sorry, it's not happening. No. So who's left? I, I like Victor Mete, but I-, I don't think that's going to happen. No, me either, yeah. I don't think also do it's that. kind of a project instead of intended sorry kind of a project instead of a guaranteed right and, and I have a lot of faith in that project but that's not really the position where the Islanders are in right now they need a sure thing exactly and so they, they don't really have it with there's no one on the Ottawa Senators roster that they're willing to move um, that's a sure thing as in terms of a left-handed defenseman it's just not happening yeah no it, it, it's not but that rumor I stumbled across that earlier and I said, I have to talk about this on the podcast because this is just dumb. So I'm glad that we talked through it and realized, Hey, the Islanders really aren't in that much of a cap crunch. Anthony Beauvillier is not going to get Devon taste. No, I, I, if he does, there's a problem, right? That, that, that's a big problem, but there's no way that he being Lou Lamarillo is going to be like, I'm okay with giving up. Anthony Bovillier so I can bring in this, you know, slew of veteran players. 
right? Because that that's what it would take, or why that would happen is he's either really really set on bringing in Zach Breeze at a really high number, and I don't I just don't see that being the case. No, yeah, me me either. I don't think so. It just doesn't make any sense at all to me. But you know, stranger things have happened, I suppose. I guess, but I feel like we would have known by now what that, if it was a high number, I feel like we would have known that by now. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I don't, I don't think there's any worry to be had here whatsoever. They're all signed. Just Lou has to put in the paperwork. Agree. Down on the farm. Shall we do it? Yeah, let's do that. Um, the, the, the preseason sucks sometimes, man. <laughs> like today specifically, there are three teams each with Islanders prospects on the roster, not a single one was playing. Okay. Not a single freaking one. Four, actually. Four teams. And not... I forgot one. And none of them played. None of them. Kalpa had... Uh, Kalpa was playing against JYP, and so Kalpa has Henrik Tikkanen. He was the backup goalie. JYP uh, has Alexi Melanin, was not playing. Karpot played. Aturatu wasn't playing, which was weird. Um, and then we've got uh, it was the St. John Sea Dogs and Williams Full was not playing. So like, and I'm not I'm not worried about any of these players. You know, it's preseason hockey, as you know, watching preseason even Islanders hockey, the regulars don't necessarily play every single game. True. Um, but it's still kind of frustrating when you're like, all right, here we go. Oh, none of you guys are playing. Great. No, yeah, especially when we have a podcast day. Like that doesn't <laughs> help. <laughs> yeah. So. But on the Ratu one, that's the one that took me the most by surprise because I can kind of explain the other ones away. Uh, maybe not Melanin necessarily, but he's kind of bottom of the rotation for them. Whereas Atu Ratu, the last game, he was second line center. And I know they're trying a new second line center in today. I, I knew that they brought in a new center. He played top line, so someone else went down. Okay. Um, but to not have him on the roster at all was kind of weird. Uh, and I haven't heard from him. I sent him a message, and I have not heard from him today, which is, again, weird. Usually when I send Atu something, he kind of answers back. Maybe not much. He's not the biggest chatter out there, uh, which is perfectly okay, nor am I sometimes. Uh, but he hasn't answered me yet, so it's kind of weird. And I don't think there's anything to it. I'm not trying to start some, like, oh, sensationalist rumor. It's just <laughs> that's where things are as it stands. I can't wait to write tomorrow did Atu Ratu ghost Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> he probably has more important information than like, or not information, more important things to do than share information with some like random North American bloggers. Like, hey, I noticed you didn't play today. Do you know why? Are you headed to North America to get ready for the rookie camp? Like, he's got better things to do than answer that. Like, so I, I'm not worried about it. I'm sure it's just a preseason thing. Because uh, they shared pictures on Instagram of him training with the team. So I'm I'm sure it's just something like that, but like my brain immediately goes to like, oh, okay, that's weird. Better ask the source directly. What's up? Not if you have that luxury, you might as well do it. Might as well. So we'll see. I I don't think there's anything to it. I'm sure it's just a roster, you know, roster rotation type of thing. Gotcha. Okay, I could live with that. Outside of that, there's not a whole lot happening. On um, I did a video recently though of, of the Islanders' top five prospects, and because my first one was not good, and I just wanted to run by, run this by you real quick to see what you thought. Okay. So top five prospects in the system. And the way this works is my rankings go based off of NHLE, which is NHL expected, so it takes their production at the whatever level they did it at and kind of projects that to see how what does that look like as an NA, on an NHL caliber. Okay. But I also add a growth factor to it. So I look at all those NHLEs for the last four years for whatever level they're at, and I try to figure out, are they growing or are they not? And if so, I give them a bump. If not, it's a negative bump. So here's my top five, considering all those things. Okay. In order, Robin Salo, two, Samuel Balduk, and it wasn't really close between Salo and Balduk, three, Ruslan Ishkakov, four, Arnaud Durando, five, Colin Adams. Okay. What's, what screams out to you immediately when you hear that? Either players missing or players there. The top two definitely make sense. Like that's uh, that to me says okay, makes a ton of sense. Get it. Iskakov three, a, a little surprised by that. It's because he had a really good season in Finland last year, and so the growth rate is is 
ridiculous. He he also plateaus, right? So he kind of takes a bump from that because again, it's growth rate over those four years. Right. And he plateaued at, at UConn, where he had thirty-two point game, thirty-two. 32 games, 21 points in both years, and then he explodes in Finland. So that helped a lot. It'll probably, if he doesn't, you know, put up ridiculous points in Germany this year, it'll regress for sure, and you'll fall. You'll see him fall out. I don't know how I feel about four and five. Like, I was very surprised to hear both of those guys in the top five. Carl Adams doesn't surprise me too much. It's Arnaud Zurando that does. Okay. Uh, you see consistent growth over his four years leading up to this year. Um, now, to be fair, last year wasn't much of a year for for anyone, but he played 14 games of the possible 24. Put up eight points, mind you. Pretty good. Uh, and he had a really strong midseason with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, but it kind of tailed off at the end, even right. when they were winning. So it, it's kind of weird. I expect him to fall off next year. And the ones for me is, where's Bodie Wild? Whereas Ratu, mm. right? And what about Holmstrom? Those are the ones where like a lot of people were expecting them to be there. And I got to tell you, they didn't have good years, and that's why they're not ranking high. Right. That Rot- I mean, Ratu's coming off a down year. That's why he dropped to the second round. So while I under I understand like the exercise and how you did it, I, I think if we were making like a-, a pure list, you'd have to make some adjustments there probably, right? And that's the thing. The list is not perfect at all um, because you're right. Like it, it, it relies heavily on statistics and by statistics, just straight up production, because that's the only thing that you can measure, maybe not tangibly, but that you can actually measure from league to league to league, from like the U16 Czech league to the NHL. They all can put up goals and they all can put up assists and they're all measured. Right. Uh, but not everything else is. So like time on ice and so on and so forth. Um, so it's kind of not great for defensive defensemen, although Matthias Rayanemi ends up seventh on my list, which is something weird. I have to look at that one and why that happened, but uh, very interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good like overview and look at like where is the quality in this system and why isn't the quality we think exists up there with like the Holmstroms and so on. Can I put you on the spot and ask you what your top five would be, like not including that model? It would be Robin Salo, Samuel Bolzuk, Ruslan Ishikov, Aturatu. And I have a hard time with five. I really like Williams Fool a lot. Over like a Bodie Wild, okay. The, the thing with Bodie Wild is, is it's two years of back to back where it's not great. But yeah, you're right. I forgot about Bodie Wild. So I, it would be five Bodie Wild, six Williams of Four. How about that? Okay. I was just curious to see how different, like, what your projections gave out and then, like, what your actual, like, your heart of heart feelings was on the topic. So, okay. It, it's interesting. Uh, the top two, like I said, the top two made a ton of sense to me. Um, third one, I was a little bit surprised, but I, you know, I, I figured would be in the top five. The bottom two, I, I'm... Like I said earlier, I was surprised both of them were there, especially yeah, Dorado. Russin's five eight hundred and sixty, so like that's the one knock on him. Oh yes, clearly. It's, that's smaller than me. Yeah, he's <laughs> saying a lot. But I mean, we've seen p- people have success who are smaller at the NHL level. Absolutely. So I, I think that kind of plays into why he's not here in North America right now. It's just kind of like you had one really good year with the pros. Let's see if you can do it again. And then I'm sure they'll sign him after that. I, I don't expect him to become a free agent for no reason. Yeah, I, I would too. A second rounder, I would hope so. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, that's it for Down on the Farm as it stands right now. To the quiz, Mitch. Yes. As you know, every week there's a mystery New York Islander for you to guess. Matt, you have five clues to guess who this mystery Islander is. They get progressively easier as you go. I'm Are ready. you ready? Let's do it. Perfect. Clue number one. I played for Malmo, Timra, and Luko. Next. Two. I was a third round pick. I'm not going to tell you what team. Next. Three. I scored 349 points in 606 games with the Islanders. Okay, so 600 games. 
Okay, next. Four. I wasn't the weird one. Franz Nielsen? Yes, it is! Okay. There we go. I wasn't sure if you'd get it on, on the I wasn't the weird one. I, I thought maybe he, he'll think of someone else, but yes. Good job by you. There Five was shootouts are my specialty. There you go. Love me some Franz Nielsen. Unfortunately, he just got bought out of his deal. That's why I brought it up. Franzi got bought out by the Detroit Red Wings. I think we all saw that coming, right? Franzi was not the same player he used to be. Um, likely the end of his NHL career. What a career that was. And we'll see if he goes to Europe or if he just hangs up the skates full-time now. Yeah. Didn't um, Valtteri Filippula just go back to Europe? I believe so. I believe he did. I, I think I, yes. I forgot was what it team yesterday? it was. I think it was yesterday. That's weird that we mentioned this because I think it was earlier this week, either yesterday or the day before, he went somewhere in Europe. And then today, Derek Brassard, who replaced Weird Franz, who replaced regular Franz, um, signed with the Flyers. That's right. So you're right. Okay. Um, Valtteri Filippola went to Sweden. Okay. And he's playing with uh, Genève Servette. Okay. So I don't know how that team ranks, but yeah, he's back in Europe playing with a Swedish team. Not Swedish team, Swiss team. Gotcha. All right, there we have it. Let's get into the social segment, Mitch. What's going around on Isles Twitter? What do you got this week? The first one I've got comes from Isles Territory. I think we all know who they are. Um, And if you don't, check them out. They tweeted out, look at Barzy NHL 22. And if you see the NHL 22 like hype video, they got Matthew Barzell scoring that year goal of the year where he That's just rope, you know, ragdolls Rasmus Ristolainen and then goes between the legs. Oh boy, what a goal that is. Oh, I love that goal. That that I, I remember I remember sitting here watching it and just the, the jaw drop and the holy bleep that came out of my mouth when he scored that goal. I yeah, I can't believe it. I think in this one he goes high glove. I don't remember him going high glove. I thought he went just five hole. Doesn't matter. So NHL 22, fix your buggy game already. <laughs> I think you're right. I don't remember, but I, I'm pretty sure he slid at five hole. I think so. Either way, it's more impressive going high glove. <laughs> that's for damn sure. Yeah, that's just insane. Uh, my first one comes from, well, not really a, a tweet, but it's it was tweeted out. So anyway, The Athletic did their yearly thing where they ranked front offices Um, And essentially, they took a pulse of fans and just people around the league. And the Islanders actually ranked really well this year, Mitch. They came in fifth. That's respectable. That is very respectable. I I did not think that they'd they'd hit um, fifth. I didn't think they'd get in a top ten. I believe they should. And I think this is an an apt ranking. Um, But yeah, that's... Especially That's wild, man. They they were sixteenth last year. Wow, what a what a rise. That's insane. And it makes a lot of sense. Look at what they've done over the three years. Right. The only teams in front of them, Tampa, Colorado, Detroit, Florida. They, those are all worthy pl- uh, teams to be within the same realm as the Islanders. A lot of play- people might say, like, what is Detroit? Why? They're not winning. No, but they're managing the hell out of their cap. They're finding these really good players and plucking them here and there. Like, they're doing a really good job of rebuilding that roster. Just picking up Nedeljkovic, right? Like, that's a that's a huge get out of nowhere for the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, uh, Stevie Eiserman's doing a really good job over there. Absolutely. I think- and then to be, like, the, the two-time Stanley Cup champion, the Colorado Avalanche, who should have been a two-time Stanley Cup champ, I guess, in the books— that's great. Yeah, I'm, I might have put the Islanders ahead of Florida, but I don't really have any issue with the, the top three. That's true. You can't really be ahead of the Islanders when you got Sergei Bobrovsky sitting there with a $10.5 million contract till the sun explodes. Yeah, but um, yeah, but I, I'm not complaining about them being top five. I was pleasantly surprised as I wrote today. Right. And these are fans, not just Islanders fans voting on this. It's everyone. So that really kind of that that's what really surprised me here. Um, I'm just trying to look at their ranking over the last couple of years. So from 2016, uh, Dom has done this. 
Islanders went 18, 27, 22, 23, 16. That's in reverse order. So 16 was the last one, obviously, to five. Wow. Insane. That's impressive, dude. P.S. The Toronto Maple Leafs ended up 11. No, this year? Yeah, they were no. seven last year. So they, they've been falling 18? for three years straight now. I thought I think they were, eight, they were 18 this year. Were they 18? I'm just going off a, a James Myrtle tweet. I thought James James Myrtle said 18. Or sorry, eight, 11. 18 and the Rangers, 23. That's what hell of a fall for Toronto. Again, 4, 2, 5, 7 over the last four years before this for Toronto. Rangers Yip were balai. they were fourth last year. That's insane. They were five the year before that. That's That makes a lot of sense. And then it just craters because you're bringing in guys like Ryan Reeves and such. Crazy. But happy about the Islanders. What else you got, Mitch? Uh, next one here comes from Nick Hershon. Uh, I think we all know who he is. And then he's got a picture here of Scott Mayfield. <laughs> it's his book as the ad on the jersey saying, disappointed no one thought of this one. <laughs> that that was funny. I did see that. I liked it. That was That was a good one. What's your favorite mock ad for the Islanders jerseys? There's so many good ones. Um, I, I I think the three brothers scrap metal is very, <laughs> that's like such a long, it's a, I'll have to send you the link to that awful commercial. It's on like cable here. I think you sent it to me before. Pro- probably last year. Yeah. Um, that's a good one. Blue line. Yes, men offside to classic. Like they, there's a, they did a lot of really good photoshops. Jake's 58, I'm surprised, doesn't come up. That's something I think should be on there. Jake's, yes. And, and just the number 98. Oh, wait. Just to piss off, Lou. <laughs> oh, that would be good, by the way. But I, I think I found the better one, the best one. Yeah. Forty Barn. The what now? The Okay, so there's this thing on Long Island. It's out in the Hamptons. It's There's this big tent, like a circus tent with like the red with the white stripes. But you go there and you get drunk under this tent. It's called the Bordy Barn, and they're low. Did you go there like last year or something? Two years ago, it was phenomenal. I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm getting a little old for it. It's like <laughs> you got maybe like I feel like your early twenties is when you hit that. I'm on the the back nine of the twenties now, which is no good. <laughs> but the their logo is a yellow smiley face. So could you imagine a yellow smiley face that says Bordy Barn on the jersey? That would look so sick. It would look ridiculous. <laughs> it looks so ridiculous, <laughs> out of place. Uh, I I'm not excited for the jersey ads, but like I'm I'm looking forward to see who they actually pick. And this is me trying to you know make a positive out of what is I I know I, I'm for them, but it's, it's still a negative because I would rather not have them. But I understand that it's a it's a must. Of course. Um, my last one here, Mitch, comes from um a spot on Sportsnet five ninety the fan. And Cousin Sal, who was on the Jimmy Kimmel show, picked the New York Islanders to win the Stanley Cup. How about that? Yeah, that's a what was what were the odds? Did you say what the line was? Um, oh, when I was in Atlantic City, I saw it. I think they had like the fifth best odds, something like that. It was I gotta, I gotta look it up right now. Wow. Well, that that's really not hard to imagine, right? Like you're talking about the team who went to the Eastern Conference Final in back-to-back years, pushed the Stanley Cup winner to six games a year before, seven games last year, and they're going to stay intact, right? The same team that was in those two series and, and pushed it all the way to the end is still here. And last year they did have Anders Lee for half of it, and he'll be back and likely will remain on the team and healthy for the entire portion of it. That's a huge upgrade for a team that was two goals away, really, when you think about it, making the Stanley Cup Finals. And I'm not going to say they would have beat Montreal. They probably would have, but still, you never know. But they're at least two goals away from the Stanley Cup Finals. And when you're there, it's at least a 50-50 crapshoot, minimum. They are plus 2,000. The only teams, they are tied, a lot of teams, well, let's see, how many? Uh, The Panthers and Penguins are also plus 2,000. Hurricanes, Leafs, Bruins, Knights, Lightning, and Avalanche are in front. The Hurricanes? Yeah, Hurricanes are plus 1,400. In what world? Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. They had a great regular season I guess last year. they got an okay goalie tandem. I don't know. I wouldn't bet it. 
I would not do not. I would not bet plus fourteen hundred in Carolina. Absolutely not. Plus two thousand on the Islanders. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's good value. Yeah, I'm I'm highly considering that. For sure. My God, that does some good odds. I might do it. I might do it. And I don't bet a lot. What else you What else you got to close us out here, Mitch? My last one here comes from Pessimism at its finest at ny underscore seventy two and put out a, a list of top ten hated. So it's a um, how did he say this exactly? Because this is the second one. Most hated list, top 10. Okay, he had to redraft it, so he did it in, in, back again. Now I'll give you the top 10. Gary Roberts, John Spano, Matthew Barnaby, Tom Wilson, Gluckstern and Milstein, yep. Kirk Muller, Darcy Tucker, Kate Murray, Mike Milbury, Dale Hunter. Ooh. That's a pretty damn good list. Yeah, that is a, that is a really good list. Right, like the original list was changed for a reason um but i think this is solid i absolutely think this is a solid top 10 most hated i like it right like there's there's not one name on there you're like well i don't know like they're not that hated no every one of those you're like screw that person individually yeah and you know the reason for it too yeah exactly you just hear the name you're like "Mm -hmm, Mm, get out of here evil all right, so before we go, let's get some plugs in. Wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and review. That really helps us out a lot, and we appreciate all the love and support from that. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You could download the fan-sided app, get us there, or on eyesonisles.com. Last but not least, the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. For $5 a month, you get a ton of bonus content. You get a mailbag show every week where we answer your questions in podcast form. During the off season, we break down topics. We do two deep dive topics a week. During the season, you're getting post game podcasts instead of that. You also have a Discord channel, which is like basically just a big group chat of Islanders fans. It's a blast. I got to peek my head in a little bit more. Um, I've been busy with it, but the, the patrons keep that going and there's always a conversation in there and uh, a lot of good community over there. Right, Mitch? Absolutely. The mailbag, like you said, going to happen right after this. We have 18 questions to get to. Can't wait. That'll do it for us on episode 210. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.